0: How many times have you entered personal information online in order to purchase an item that does not have anything to do with the information you shared? Are we really safe in the emerging brave new world of digital existence? Hi, I'm Rex Rogers, and this is episode number 131 of Discerning What is Best, a podcast applying unchanging biblical principles in a rapidly changing world and a Christian worldview to current issues in everyday life. We now live in a mass surveillance digital world. Likely, there is not a week goes by that you and I are not recorded somehow, someway in what we view, read, purchase online, perhaps where we go. Maybe not a day goes by that we're not under a camera when we are out on our daily routine. When we spend time online, we leave a digital footprint, the collection of all our online actions and data traces. When this is accessed by corporations to ascertain our interests or inclinations, we then can be subject to online advertising, political propaganda, and more. And if we can be targeted for marketing, what's to stop governments from targeting us for control? Today, a track-and-trace society has begun rapidly developing on at least five levels. Number one, mass surveillance— with CCTV cameras now located in public spaces in virtually every American city, making possible, along with computers, a mass surveillance society. Number two, geolocation technology, capable of tracking where we are, if not what we are doing at any given moment. Number three, biometric technology, including fingerprints, facial recognition, iris recognition, and retina scans, and voice recognition, hand or palm geometry, vein recognition. Number four, digital identification, becoming the fundamental means of commerce and communication, methods and tools used to establish and confirm an individual's identity in cyberspace, especially PII, personally identifiable information, which refers to any data that can be used to identify a specific individual. And number five, digital banking, and digital currency, including CBDC, which stands for Central Banking Digital Currency, a digital form of legal tender currency that is issued by a country's central bank. Like other forms of digital currency, such as cryptocurrency, a CBDC is only available in electronic form. Now, mass surveillance, CCTV cameras, display devices, and data networks are, well, everywhere. Video surveillance systems are used in public and private sectors such as schools, homes, or public spaces for crime prevention purposes. The average city has 11 surveillance cameras per 1,000 people. The most watched city, Atlanta, has over 124 cameras per 1,000 people. New York City had the highest number of cameras in total, 70,882. Only cities in China operate with more cameras per capita than Atlanta. Crime rates aren't reduced, by the way, by having more cameras in place. In fact, the city that is arguably the most watched of all, Washington, D.C., has seen violent crime skyrocket recently. But of course, the images and data recorded can be accessed depending upon security systems, by a wide variety of actors for the purpose of crime, not crime prevention. Geo-tracking. Geo-tracking is also increasingly more sophisticated and intrusive. Beginning with users turning on the location signal on their phones or their social media apps, combined with GPS technology, it's possible now to track almost anyone. This is increasingly used in non-military, non-law enforcement scenarios. Have you heard of people tracking Elon Musk or Taylor Swift's private jets? Biometric systems. We're building near-perfect facial recognition technology and other identifiers from the human gait to breath to iris. Biometric databases are being set up in such a way that these individual identifiers are centralized, insecure, and opaque. Then there is the capacity for geolocation we just mentioned. That is the tracking of the digital you in real time. A constant feed of insecure data may well connect you and your identity to other identities and nodes on the network without your consent. Ultimately, so-called social credit systems, such as those being currently developed in China, will be based on digital ID thereby enabling or disabling our full and free participation in society. Digital Identification Have you seen the commercial featuring a couple of happy 20-somethings paying for their retail purchase by holding their hand over a palm reader device? Amazon One's palm scanning payment system was first introduced in 2020. Amazon's biometric payment technology works by creating a unique palm print for each customer, which Amazon associates with a credit card the customer inserts to the sign-up kiosk upon initial setup. These palm print images are encrypted. It's been rolling out in Whole Foods stores in the United States since 2021 to pay for groceries. Amazon has argued that palm reading is a more private form of biometrics because you can't determine someone's identity just by looking at their palm images. However, the company isn't just storing palm images. It's creating a customer database that matches palm images with other information. Amazon said a customer's palm data is not shared with third parties and is kept safe within Amazon's Web Services Cloud. But who believes this? Now, some arguable benefits of digital identification more security, stronger privacy, banking, health records, travel, including digital vaccine passports, insurance, criminal justice, proof of identity for displaced refugees, possible threats of digital identification, dangers to personal and economic privacy and human rights, like freedom of speech and expression geolocation, and freedom of movement. Residents and businesses are being encouraged to share private security cameras with police, but others also have access. Public or even home surveillance cameras are increasingly available via websites on the internet. Growth of digital authoritarianism, the use of digital tools to surveil, repress, and manipulate domestic and foreign populations is on the rise globally. This can be foreign governments like China, or it can be big tech companies like Google, Meta, or others who see ways to use surveillance data to maximize their profits. Safety, security, and privacy are touted as key advantages of digital identification. Yet think of the corporations that have experienced catastrophic data breaches— in the hundreds of millions of accounts in just the past few years. Equifax, Marriott, Target, Capital One, Yahoo, Facebook, J.P. Morgan Chase, Home Depot, and many more. India's national digital ID framework, the world's largest, called the Adhar program, was recently shown to be compromised. Now, if these giant corporations and governments cannot guarantee secure data, why should we believe any organization or government tomorrow can do so? Governments around the world have been investing heavily in digital identification systems, often with biometric components. The rapid proliferation of such systems is driven by a new development consensus packaged and promoted by key global actors like the World Bank, and globalists like the world economic forum but also by governments foundations vendors and consulting firms now we can make another choice in the design and deployment of digital id systems we must advocate for principles of data minimization decentralization consent that's a big one consent and limited access that reinforce our fundamental human rights. Mass surveillance and digital identification may not be ipso facto evil or threatening, but they certainly can be. Well, we'll see you again soon. This podcast is about discerning what is best. If you find this thought-provoking and helpful, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Download an episode for your friends. And for more Christian commentary, check my website, R-E-X-M, as in Martin, that's rexmrogers.com. And remember, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm.